Welcome to Diverse, a Society of Women Engineers podcast. SWE gives women engineers a unique place and voice within the engineering community. On Diverse, we highlight the incredible thought leaders and personalities in our community and discover who they are at home, at work, and in between. You can find all of our podcast episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and iHeartRadio. Welcome to Sweet Stories, Tales from the Archives. I'm Anne Perusik, Sweet's Director of Editorial and Publications. Please remember to subscribe and follow us on social media at Sweet Diverse Podcast. And I'm Troy Eller English, Sweet's Archivist. Today, we're going to explore Sweet's quest in its early years for respect and office space. Led by Ruth Dollar Sign Schaefer, the Society's fundraising dynamo in the 1950s and 60s, whose trademark humor and hustle helped grow the Society's bank account and its ambitions to better support women in engineering. And speaking of fundraising, we are entering the holiday season and the giving season, so it's an appropriate time to remember Ruth's efforts and how they propelled SWE forward in the early years. Founded in 1950, by the end of that decade, SWE faced a dilemma. The society had grown to more than 650 members, but was still run entirely by volunteers who were buckling under the weight of membership applications, business correspondence, and media inquiries. In order for SWE to grow, it needed an executive secretary to handle daily business and an office for her to sit in. But unfortunately, all Sui could afford was part-time secretarial help and a mailbox, but not an office, in the engineering building in New York City. In 1958, plans were underway to build the United Engineering Center in Midtown Manhattan. The new building would house the headquarters of many engineering societies. It was a feather in Sui's cap to be invited as one of those societies, and the offer was tempting. In fact, former U.S. President Herbert Hoover participated in the groundbreaking ceremony for the new building. Not only would an office in the UEC be a prestigious address for members and ease some of the burdens of Sui's volunteers, but it would also lend legitimacy to the society amongst the other engineering societies and the engineering community at large. In the August 1958 issue of the SWE newsletter, Development Committee Chairman Ruth Schaefer penned an article titled, Take Me to Your Drafting Board, in which she laid out the Board of Directors' vision for the society, increased membership and prestige, an employment service, a magazine, an outreach program for students, and... And she wrote this last vision in all caps. A national headquarters in the new United Engineering Center with a paid executive secretary. To achieve this vision, during a three-year fundraising effort known as the SWE Drive, Schaefer hoped to raise $50,000 from members and $200,000 from patrons and industry so that SWE could hire an executive secretary 
and rent a headquarters office in the new UEC building. This was wildly optimistic, as the society only had $1,700 in the bank at the time. To achieve these goals, Schaefer announced a do-it-yourself fundraising game with SWE sections competing against each other for the SWE Cup, a large trophy donated by founding society president Beatrice Hicks. Given the large sum needed to realize the society's goals, Schaefer urged SWE members to, quote, not be reticent about confiding our lacks and hopes to any and all individuals of your acquaintance, exuding the delightful aroma of solvency, end quote. She hoped to raise a substantial portion of the funds through the Society's new $500 life membership dues. After an initial flurry of donations following Schaefer's article, with Marilee Van Leer Peck immediately becoming the Society's first life member, Swee's fundraising efforts froze during the holiday season. Schaefer exclaimed in the February 1959 newsletter that, quote, nobody but nobody loves Santa Claus more than your development chairman, but oh, what he did to us. How about converting some of those Christmas bonuses into life membership dues, end quote. As part of the drive, Schaefer asked each member to donate $20 a year for three years and assigned a fundraising goal to each SWE section. They held fashion shows and bake sales, card parties and cookouts. They sold candy, slide rules, banks, and toothbrushes. Some sections devised special money-making schemes around the holidays. The November 1959 newsletter announced that the Cleveland section was selling, quote, $3 million money bags as Christmas presents, which Schaefer pointed out would help members save up their dimes for the Swede drive. For their exceptional fundraising efforts, the Pacific Northwest section won the SWE Cup in 1959, which was re-gifted to the Chicago section the following two years. Schaefer also encouraged members to solicit donations from their employers. And in 1960, she successfully recruited SWE's first two corporate members, Bell Labs and General Electric. Meanwhile, If there was a way to make a dollar or two for the drive, Schaefer found it, earning her the moniker Ruth Dollar Sign Schaefer. She turned President Catherine Iden's birthday into a fundraising challenge. She raffled off vases, gardening gloves, and convention registration fees. She turned the amount raised in those raffles into a raffle of its own, at the cost of $1 per guest. And she had no compunction about making a spectacle of herself at the national conventions, dressing up as an organ grinder, an astronaut, and doing push-ups for cold, hard cash. She debuted her signature auction at the 1960 convention, which became an entertaining and lucrative tradition that decade. In 1971, then SWEB Vice President Naomi McAfee described Schaefer's auctioneering skills when presenting her with the Society's first certificate of recognition, recalling, quote, 
At one particular meeting, Ruth was selling something, probably a genuine fake Dior or Margaret Pritchard's shoes or possibly all of Salambay's socks to Doris McNulty. She asked Doris, do you bid 55? The answer was no. Do you bid 56? The answer was yes. The look on Doris's face was priceless when she realized what she had done. End quote. And when members became discouraged by the monumental fundraising task before them, Schaefer reminded them in a rebus, or a puzzle using a series of pictures to convey a message, that big trees from little acorns grow. We just heard a few bars from one of the top hits in 1958, the Everly Brothers' All I Have to Do is Dream. And yes, Ruth Schaefer's fundraising goals were a huge dream. While her enthusiasm and sometimes quirky fundraising gimmicks did propel Sweet forward, in the end, Sweet fell far short of its $250,000 fundraising goal. Still, enough money was raised to move into a one-room, 343-square-foot office in the United Engineering Center and hire its first executive secretary, Winifred White, in 1961. Sweet couldn't afford much more than White's salary and the keys to the office door. But thankfully, White was just as resourceful as Dollar Sign Schaefer. In the December 1982 issue of U.S. Woman Engineer, which was a predecessor to today's SWE magazine, Winnie White described her introduction to SWE and her efforts to frugally furnish the new headquarters office in the UEC. She wrote, quote, I had never heard of SWE until Ruth Schaefer telephoned me and heard I was retiring from my job as administrative assistant to the executive secretary of AIME. That was in 1961. She invited me to join her and Pat Brown, incoming president of SWE, at dinner and to discuss the possibility of my becoming the first executive secretary of SWE and opening its first headquarters in the new engineering center, which was under construction. Anyway, I met Ruth and Pat Brown, the first women engineers I had ever encountered. We discussed SWE and the need of a headquarters. They were on their way to the Boston Convention. I was deeply impressed with their acumen, their enthusiasm, and their personalities. My first impression of a woman engineer was fixed and has never changed. However, I told them I did not think I was interested in taking on the job of being executive secretary and running the new office. At the same time, I explained what the position of executive secretary involved and the many facets it covered. I thanked them for the dinner and we parted amicably. Within a week, I received a letter pat in Boston. 
The first words in it were, welcome aboard. White continued in her article, quote, I was told I would be allowed $50 to furnish the office and would be expected to report the first week in October when the new center would be ready for occupancy. Having been in the old engineering building on 39th Street for 12 years, I knew most of the people in it, particularly the executive's secretaries. That title has generally been changed to executive director. Since most of them were moving to the new center, I visited each and casually suggested they might not want or plan to take such and such a desk, a much-used typewriter, one or two chairs, that old filing cabinet, and so on. The outcome was that at a very small price, the SWE office was equipped with the essentials. The most expensive item was my desk a lovely carved walnut one at $25. One of the men said that as long as they were moving their furnishings, they would move ours if I would just label them. I readily agreed. So the first day I walked down the hall to the end of the third floor of the impressive new United Engineering Center and opened Swee's office. All the equipment was there with the labels still intact. A desk, two chairs, a file cabinet, a card file, a typewriter, and linoleum on the floor. There was also a stack of mail. That's a great story. And I'm happy to report that the Connecticut section started a Christmas club in 1962 and raised $26, enough to purchase a brand new chair for Winnie White. Thanks to the fundraising prowess and resourcefulness of Ruth Schaefer, Winnie White, and every sweet section at the time, the Society's headquarters office in the United Engineering Center gave leaders and volunteers the space to achieve and far surpass the vision that Schaefer laid out in her 1958 article launching the Swede Drive. So many of the big dreams that Ruth and the early members envisioned have come to pass. The Society has certainly increased its membership from 650 members to more than 40,000 across the globe. Its prestige has increased from a little-known organization to one with strong ties and influence among other engineering organizations in industry, in government relations and public policy, and in research. The Society has an award-winning magazine and many other communication vehicles. SWE connects its members to potential employers through career fairs and an online career center, and SWE sections and members impact young lives daily through numerous outreach programs for K-12 students. We hope you've enjoyed hearing about the origins of SWE's first major fundraising drive and its headquarters office. It certainly reaffirms Schaefer's declaration that big trees from little acorns grow. On behalf of myself, Troy, and everyone else at SWE, thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Diverse. Please don't forget to subscribe and share this episode with your social network. You can keep up to date with our podcast on Instagram at SWE Diverse Podcast and on our blog, altogether at altogether.swe.org.